out to Walker. Walker away to Tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai. And Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a finals try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katara, the trick finish. Big Lazarus League. Hello and welcome to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I am your host, Big Les. We're going to be going through the part two of your season review. Part two, season review. We're going to be going through the Tigers. We're going to be going through the New Zealand Warriors. And we're going to be going through the Dragons. Now, for two of these clubs, it was not the best season and not the luckiest season either. So let's start with the Tigers. We talked about the bit of the Tigers in the 4020 podcast uh, last night. If you haven't listened to that one yet, definitely go and have a listen. It's an absolute cracker. It is on their page and it is on my page as well. It is called 4020 Podcast Chat, uh, Tigers Chat. So have a look at that one. Absolute cracker of a chat, absolute cracker of a podcast. Great blokes, great chat. Anyway, the Tigers. Their preseason predicted finish was 14th. They finished 13th. They recorded 8 wins and 13 losses. Honestly, another season, another failure to make the finals. Tigers fans are sick of hearing about the lack of finals, but it literally is what it is. 2021 never looked like a season of success. The Tigers started slowly and never really improved consistently from there. The frustrating thing is the side produced some incredible results. They beat the Knights twice this season, uh, which is crazy. They beat the Knights twice, and they beat the Panthers also in that game where Nathan Cleary was out, which was just an ups- one of the biggest upsets I think I've ever seen this season. It was just crazy to see the Tigers beat the Panthers, but it was just downhill from there. If anyone had a great season... For the Tigers, it was Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey was absolutely fantastic in twenty one in twenty twenty one. Sorry, he was the Tigers' best by a mile. Seventeen try assists, nine tries, nine line breaks, and fifty two tackle breaks make for a good return. He was fantastic coming back from that injury. Obviously, injured himself again at the back end of this season, which was not help, not uh, any help for the Tigers at all. Somewhat ridiculously, he was shifted out in and out of the centres to make way for Moses Embai, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I think Moses Embai played his best footy at fullback. So don't be surprised for St. George if Moses Embai is in that number one jersey because uh, he did play a lot of, uh, he did play some great footy in that fullback jersey, in my opinion. Despite being the Tigers' best half option all season, I cannot believe for a second that Maguire is considering playing Dewey anywhere but in the halves next season. And I think that is 100% accurate. I think that you cannot play Dewey anywhere else but at that 5'8 role. He's very versatile. He can play a bit of fullback. He can play a bit of centers. But I think if the Tigers want success next season, I think Adam Dewey is at 5'8 for me. Now, another guy we're going to talk about, the youngster star fullback, Dane Laurie. He was a shining light in an otherwise dire season. His stats were very impressive. Seven tries, eight try assists, nine line break assists, 
71 tackle breaks and 134 meters per game. As a rookie, as a rookie, that is sensational. Well done to Dane Laurie. Fantastic first season. I think it's his first season or maybe he debuted at the end of last season. I'm not too sure, but fantastic season nevertheless for Dane Laurie. Now, let me just get this straight. Michael Maguire, Madge, is not the issue. For me, for the Tigers, I think the issue is much higher up in the system, much higher up in the decision-making process for me. I think it's a bit of a coaching staff issue. So we were talking about it in the 4020 podcast just a few days ago. We were talking about it. Now, just listen to this, right? Listen to this. Watching Tales of Tiger Town. If you guys watched it, it was a great documentary. If you not haven't watched it, go back and watch it. It shows a lot of the Tigers season. But watching Tales of Tiger Town, when was one time that you saw anyone else from the coaching staff other than Michael Maguire or the guy that owns the the West Tigers, I'm not sure what his name is, or one of the trainers speak? In the whole thing, it was just them three. Please, please tell me one time that you saw anyone else speak, whether that was in the sheds, whether that was in the interviews, at all. I'll, I'll tell you right now, there was none. There was none. The Tigers have come out and stated that Maguire has the has the board's full support for coaching, for as a coach moving into 2022. And damn straight, you should. It's good and it's, it's fantastic and damn straight you should have support in Michael Maguire going into 2022. But you should have said that months ago. That should have come out many months ago. That said, does anyone truly believe that the issue is settled or that Maguire won't be sacked if the second results turn sour? Look, I don't think the coaching staff thing is settled. I think getting Tim Sheens in there will make it a bit better. Michael Maguire is a fantastic coach. Don't get me wrong. He he took South City to a premiership back in 2014. He's not the issue. Michael Maguire is not the issue. It is up in the coaching staff that is the issue because they're not vocal and they don't really do much. And look, I would have no idea. They probably do a lot of work behind the scenes. However, in that video, they were not very vocal at all. And I think that is just not going to work for an NRL side. I think everyone in the sheds needs to be vocal. Everyone in the sheds needs to be vocal. It just does not work for an NRL side. Maguire should not be sacked at all. He should not be sacked and he's not sacked. They have full confidence with him going into 2022. And that is a good thing. But as I said, that should have come out many months ago. Now, we know this for a fact. Dane Laurie has that fullback jersey locked in. And Adam Dewey has to have that sixth jersey locked in. Throw in the incoming Jackson Hastings and two young, exciting options in the hooker role, being Jacob Little and Jake Simpkin. They've got a pretty decent side. They've got a pretty decent side coming through. On paper, they look really good. However... Honestly, if I'm predicting for next year, I do see the Tigers getting that wooden spoon. And look, 
they could prove me wrong. They could have a fantastic year, and I bloody hope they do because I think all NRL fans and all Tigers fans would be hoping that they do. But for me, I just don't see it happening. And look, they've done very well with recruitment. Tyrone PG coming into the side. Plenty of great signings for the Tigers. I just don't see them having the best season coming into 2022. I think the Tigers fan base seems split on whether the nine jumper should be worn by Jacob Little or Jake Simpkin. I think personally, from what we saw from Jacob Little, I think he should get it. But that, that really does depend on if they do sign Coruscant or um, Hodson in the next two days. I don't think they will personally. And if I'm right and they don't, I think Jacob Little gets that number nine jersey. I think he was sensational for the Tigers. There was some really good stints from him. He throws a great ball out of dummy half. I think Jacob Little is the perfect option for that number nine. And you know what? Tigers, you just got to leave him in that position. You got to ha- get your spine sorted out and leave it for at least 15 games. We are talking about this on the 4020 podcast last night. You got to pick your spine and you got to leave it. I think Michael Maguire is going to have a really good look at his roster coming into 2022. I think he needs to pick his spine and leave it. Now, there is a bit of uncertainty about Luke Brooks and his future at the club. Surely the time has come for the Tigers to make a tough call here. Surely. Because we've been talking about this for a year or so now. For a year or so. There was rumours that Brooks was being shopped to Canberra or to the Sharks. Personally, I don't think he would suit Canberra. And they've already signed Jamal Fogarty, so that's out the window. Sharks, I don't think that he'd suit the Sharks either. I think if he's partnering Matt Moylan in the halves, again, that's just two second fiddle halves. And it just really won't suit. It really won't suit the, the, the Sharks and... By second fiddle half, so let's talk about this because I talked about it in the 40-20 podcast. By second fiddle and first fiddle, a second fiddle half is a half that plays off the things that are happening around him, mainly initiated by the first fiddle half. The first fiddle half is the half that carries the team around, the leader, that number seven mainly, that's usually the number seven, guys like your Adam Reynolds, guys like your Nathan Cleary's, guys like your Cooper Cronks even. He was known for leading his side around the park. Those guys are your first fill halves, and there's plenty of more of them in the league at the moment we haven't seen yet. But Luke Brooks is not one of those guys, and he needs one of those guys if he is to be successful, and I bloody hope he gets one because his future is in some serious strife if they don't find him a halves partner. Personally, going into 2022... I haven't seen much of Jackson Hastings' game, but geez, you'd better hope he's a first fiddle half. And I personally, I don't be surprised to see Luke Brooks in that 18 jersey because I think next year, halves pairing, it most likely is going to end up being Adam Dewey and Jackson Hastings. Now, I thought that Jackson Hastings was going to be playing that 13 role. It could still happen. Don't get me wrong. They could... uh, keep Luke Brooks in that seven jersey. I'm not saying that Luke Brooks is going to be in reserve grade. I'm saying it is a possibility because or because he just doesn't suit the Tigers for me. He doesn't suit that Tigers system. Now, Luke Brooks, they could definitely put him in that seven jersey, uh, Jackson Hastings to lock. That's what I thought they were going to do at the start of the, at when they signed Jackson Hastings. 
But then they then they signed Tyrone Peachy. And that's what I got to thinking. Do they want Luke Brooks playing in that 18 jersey? Is he going to be spending most of his time in reserve grade? Because that would probably mean that Jackson Hastings does come into that halfback or 5'8 role, partnering Adam Dewey in the halves. That's just how I would see it. That's what I would do if I was in the Tigers, uh, if in deciding the Tigers teams each week. That's how I would go. Anyway, that's enough for the Tigers. I don't see them going that well next season. I could be totally wrong, uh, but I bloody hope that they do go well because they're a fantastic side. And I think everyone would want the Tigers to go well in 2022. Now, on a lighter note, let's talk about the New Zealand Warriors. Um, they had a pretty similar... Oh, oh, they didn't have. They definitely didn't have a similar season, but they got the same sort of results. Their predicted finish was 13th. They finished 12th. They had eight wins and 13 losses. I actually saw the New Zealand Warriors as a top eight side maybe halfway through the year. They they looked quite good. They looked really, really good. Um, they actually looked like they had a lot of X factor. I really liked the Warriors in 2021. I thought they had a decent season. Even though they did finish 12th, I do think that they had a pretty decent season. Now, you've got to remember, the Warriors were forced away from New Zealand for the second straight season. It's worth taking into account when speaking of the Warriors' results. And I think that's true because the home advantage matters. It matters, guys. It definitely matters. And it is hard for a team to recover after not being home for a while. It looks like they're going to be based in Redcliffe again, which is really unfortunate for them. I mean, geez, I would love to see the Warriors go back to New Zealand and and um, at least go home. And it's just it's just unfortunate. It, it, that's just what it is. It, it it is what it is. But it is just really unfortunate for those guys. And I really do feel sorry for them. And I actually praise them too because the sacrifices they've made for our game is just unbelievable. They deserve a lot more credit than they are getting. They were just short of a final spot but played a huge part in the finals race for the majority of this season. The Warriors went three three weeks too long, unfortunately, uh, as the players left to return home and results suffered. There was plenty of players that left to go home. David Fusatua, who is now signed with the Leeds Rhinos, went home. I know a bunch of other players went home as well. Then they had Ken Mamalo leave as well at the back end of the season and go to the West Tigers. It was just a mess. Tuovasha Shek leaving the club as well. I mean, that would have just hurt. That would have hurt bad, guys. One of your main heart and soul of your team, Tuovasha Shek leaving the club. On the back of 17 appearances in 2021, he scored four tries, six assists. He made 11 line breaks, 81 tack. He broke 81 tackles and recorded over 200 metres per game. When a guy like that, who pulls those stats each game, well, not he didn't have uh, all of those in each game, but 200 metres or more each game, and having those stats in a season, getting goal of a guy like that is huge for any club, for any club. And it, and it is it is how the saying goes. When the main guy out of your side is pulled out, 
the team just falls apart. And I wouldn't say that the Warriors fell apart because Reese Walsh came in and he had an absolute blinder. We'll talk about him later, but it is hard for a club when the main guy gets out. And I definitely think that Tuolashashek was that main guy. Other really good performances during this season. Josh Curran, 17, uh, 14 games, 4 tries, 10 hit-ups a game, 15 offloads, 92.6 tackle efficiency, 79 average metres. And for a back roller, that's not bad, 79 metres averaging. He probably ran it for a bit more than that in some games, but 79 metres for a back rower or a lock forward, which he was playing for most of the year, is not that bad. Four tries, 10 hit-ups a game is pretty good. 15 offloads, that is massive. He was so influential uh, for this uh, Warriors side and was really a part of their most of their success when they did win games. He had an absolute blinder in, in the back end of the season in, in most games. And I can't wait to see him in 2022 because he's just going to be on fire. Uh, Reese Walsh was another one that played really well. A rookie, not... Uh, Josh Curran wasn't a rookie, but Reese Walsh was a rookie. Uh, moving to the Warriors, I think it was just at the start of the season or maybe a, maybe just before halfway. Reese Walsh had a great year. Comes into uh, the Warriors system from the Broncos. And Reese Walsh is an interesting one because he came from the Broncos. He's playing in Redcliffe, so he didn't really have to move much. It's going to be interesting to see him eventually move back up to the Warriors if he's looking to stay at that club. It is going to be really interesting to see what happens with Reese Walsh. But he had a fantastic year. He even got an origin spot. He was so unlucky with that injury. But fantastic year for Reese Walsh. And I really do rate him. I think he's going to be fantastic in 2022. Come back a bit bigger, a bit stronger, a bit faster, a bit more everything. And he's going to be fantastic, Reese Walsh. Now, talking about the forward stocks for the New Zealand Warriors. The Warriors' pack next season looks pretty damn good. Starting front rowers, Adam Fanul Black, Matt Lodge. You've got Josh Curran and Tohu Harris. Bailey Sirinan, who can play that roaming lock forward role. We saw him play in the halves in one or two games this season. He was all right there. I think he'd be good as a roaming lock. Fantastic. Ewan Aiken even played in the second row for a bit. Proved as an absolute masterstroke for the club. But look, I think the forward pack looks really good. Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge, arguably the big game's best starting front row pairing. Uh, I wouldn't say that they're the best starting front row pairing, but I do think they're really, really good uh, together. Um, Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge being an absolute weapon, and Adam Fanua Blake also that as well. And Josh Curran, we were talking about him before the year. He's had absolutely fantastic player. Tohu Harris was right up there as well. Absolute genius footballer. Decent fo- decent ball work for a big fella. And, and he was just solid in attack. And I, I really love watching Tohu Harris. And I can't wait to see what he produces in 2022. And Bailey and as we were talking about before, a real talent. Ewan Aiken moving into the second row. Absolute Marcus DeStroke, we talked about that. Was arguably their best player across the final month and a bit, pretty much. Ewan Aiken, he was, he was really good. He was really good for them. He scored probably a try or two a game. And he averaged a lot of run meters. I'm not sure as to how much, how many run meters a game. But he was fantastic over at the Warriors. And I think that that signing was really good for that club. And again, that's just another Dragons loss. We're talking, we'll be talking at the Dragons in a second. But that's just really unfortunate. Uh, but 
look, great move for you and Aiken. He had a great year at the Warriors, and I think that he'll have another great year in 2022, depending on if they put him in the centers or in the back row. Now, I just want to reiterate this. Roger Tuovar-Shek leaving the club is brutal on and off the field. His leadership and stature in the game is impossible to replace. Uh, he has he has been seen as the heart and soul of the club for as long as I can remember. He's just been fantastic for the Warriors. And to see a guy like that leave is, is just heartbreaking for the club. They do have Sean Johnson coming back, though, and I think that's another heart and soul guy for the Warriors. And I think he'll be really influential for influential for them as well. I'm pretty sure that Chanel Harris-DeVita won't be at the club. I could be wrong. He was searching the open market, though. I do know that for a fact because they were actually going to sign him over at Canberra for Jamal Fogarty if they didn't get him. But they did, not, they did end up getting Jamal Fogarty, so... Look, not sure what's going to happen with Chanel Harris-DeVita, but hopefully he does stay at the Warriors. I think him and Sean Johnson would be a good halves pairing uh, going into 2022. Uh, three in a row. It it looks very likely that the Warriors will be based in Australia for the third season in a row. As I said before, it must be very, very difficult for the players, and it is just unfortunate to see. I really did like the Warriors season, though, in 2021, and hopefully they could replicate that in 2022. Moving on now to the last team I'll be doing today, which is the Dragons. Pre-season predicted finish was 15th. Actual finish was 11th. But then again, it was really not the best season for the Dragons. It was just shocking. Now... They did get the eight wins and 13 losses, just like the two teams we just said, but oh, I think the barbecue just ruined it. The Dragons 21-21 season can be broken up into two parts, BB before barbecue and AB after barbecue, and as ridiculous as it sounds, it will absolutely define their season. At no point in the season did the Dragons look like genuine finals contenders, but a string of positive results had them in the mix prior to the incident. They had a few good results. They had a few good games where they looked really good. Uh, obviously, Zach Lomax was performing well. Jack Bird, who they recruited, was playing really well. I think he was playing in the back row as well for most of the season and then shifting into fullback some games as well, mainly at the back end of the season in their last few games. They did have a little... They had, they had some good signs, but... They definitely weren't the best. They definitely weren't up there with the best. Uh, and as I said, at no point in the season did the Dragons look like genuine finals contenders. Uh, they did have some positive results. Dragons fans questioned the appointment of Anthony Griffin as coach. And I honestly don't think that question was answered in 2021. He didn't really do much. And I know it's hard coming coming in as a coach in first grade, but... Uh, and he was pretty unlucky with the way that things went. Hopefully, he can do a bit of a masterstroke in 2022. And hopefully, we see the best of the Dragons. Because I know I want to, as a as a fan of rugby league, I definitely want to see the best of the Dragons coming into 2022. Uh, hopefully, Anthony Griffin can initiate that or set up a spark in within that team. Look, the club's decision to allow Captain Cameron McInnes to walk across the Shire to the Shire to join the Sharks. That was just, that was crazy. Uh, at the start of the season, everyone, and I know I was, was thinking that that was a strange call. 
and it was a weird one as well because he's their captain. Cameron McInnes is the captain, and and when the captain leaves the club, it does does um, initiate a few questions within the fan group, with around the players. It just it's just an absolute mess. Some positives though for the Dragons, Ben Hunt was the Dragons' best player in 2021 comfortably. He started the season brilliantly and was arguably the best on ground despite their round one loss. Fighting back from injury, he laid on 13 try assists, try assists, scored five tries, ran for over 100 metres a game on average and kicked almost 285 metres per game and tackled at 82%. Ben Hunt had a fantastic year. Obviously, the heart and soul of the Red V for the duration of the season. And he led the club really well. He led the club brilliantly, in my opinion. Ben Hunt playing Origin as well. His Origin stint was amazing, playing in the dummy half role. I'm actually starting to think he is a better dummy half than he is a halfback, but at halfback this season for the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons, he was just fantastic and... Really led that team well, as I said before. Fantastic player, Ben Hunt. The young guys coming in, obviously, Jaden Sullivan and um, the other guys. But the guy I want to talk about is the 19-year-old Tyrone Sloan. The Dragons have an absolute star in the making here. I still can't wrap my head around how he's only played five games this season. He is definitely going to be starting in 2022 for me, whether it's at fullback, which I think maybe could go to a guy uh, like uh, Moses Mbai, because Moses Mbai did play some great footy at fullback for the Tigers before he left, and Jesus, he was lucky he got out Moses Mbai, in my opinion, and that's nothing against the Tigers, I just think that you don't really hear good things when players go to the Tigers, there's really not many good things that come out of that club, and players that have been there can tell you themselves, it, it, it's not the best place to be at the moment, and that's nothing against anyone in that club, it, it's just, it, you don't really hear good things about it, um, but yeah, as I said, Moses Mbai might get that fullback jersey, maybe Tyrone Sloan at 5'8", Tyrone Sloan could even play fullback, and Matt Bur- and Moses Mbai could play 5'8", and I think that would work out really well, Tyrone Sloan, such a talented player, and he's definitely one to keep. He was just pretty much a highlight reel as well, Tyrone Sloan. Six tries, two try assists, 13 tackle breaks. He was awesome, and it looks like there's an entree of things to come in 2022. An absolute entree, an absolute meal of bigger and better stats for Tyrone Sloan, in my opinion. And that was only in five games. In five games, he pulled off that, and that's amazing for me. Um, Look, and let's just talk about the Dragons' season for a minute here. The Dragons had an encouraging start. They started the season with four wins and a loss in their opening five games, which is pretty good. It is pretty good. It's not often you can highlight a single player's performance, uh, but I have to go and and highlight this guy. Andrew McCulloch deserves a shout-out for sure. He signed with the club in February and immediately became the Dragons' number one choice at number nine, especially with McInnes likely to move to 13 prior to the season-ending injury. 
He helped lead the way in the absence of in the absence of McInnes, and then Hunt through injury, playing 21 times and making over a thousand tackles at a ridiculous 97%. Him and Hunt were fantastic, but in a season, in a season, Andrew McCulloch a thousand tackles in 21 games. That is crazy. It's a ridiculous 97%. 97% tackle efficiency. That is crazy. So, big shout out there to Andrew McCulloch. I am just shocked and blown away at that stat. He's such a fantastic player, Andrew McCulloch, and I can't wait to see good things from him in 2022. But then again, that does leave the question where to for Jaden Sullivan. I don't think he'd be a great 14 off the bench, Jaden Sullivan, or whether he shifts into the halves. I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens in 2022. But I think everyone can agree that that barbecue was the thing that ruined the season. This probably will follow the Dragons until kickoff in 2022. Despite being locked into a tight COVID bubble, a group of Dragons players decided to celebrate the unimpressive win via an illegal gathering. If you didn't know, that was what happened. Uh, That was just a little summary of what happened. They pretty much lost their rep, representative prop for the season. So he was gone. He was out of there. He's now at the Bulldogs and the future. So that's going to hit hard for the Dragons in 2022, in my opinion. That is going to hit hard. And then a host of players, a bunch of players, uh, had to serve suspensions over the following late weeks. It was just so embarrassing for the club. It really was just embarrassing. It pretty much dominated headlines. It made the club look weak in their response. They didn't win a single game after that moment, and you can understand why. There were so many suspensions. Players were basically taking turns with their suspensions. It was just embarrassing, and there's no other word for it. It was just horrendous. It was just embarrassing from the club. And it's really not what you guys want to see. It's not what anyone wants to see for any side, really, in the NRL. And as a rugby league fan, it is just embarrassing. I think they did have the signing of George Burgess, which I thought was a really good one for them. Coming out of retirement, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. But given what he's produced in the NRL for South... It might be a risk perhaps worth taking. I do like the signing of George Burgess. I think he's a fantastic player. Uh, and I can't wait to see what he does over at the Dragons. It's a bit of a strange one. Personally, I thought if he came out of retirement, he'd be going back to South. Do we see George Burgess going back to South? I don't know. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. The signing of the 31-year-old Josh McGuire made, a little, sense, made a little sense at the time. Uh, the Cowboys are in a rebuild, and despite his experience, were quite quick to sign off. So it was a bit of a weird one, the Cowboys letting him go. Uh, but it was a bit of a head scratch for Josh McGuire. Uh, I don't know. If I was a club looking for a signing, I'm, I'm telling you right now, the first guy I would be thinking of is definitely not Josh McGuire. But it was an interesting signing, and he did play some great games of footy as well for the Dragons, so I'm not bagging him. He's a fantastic player, but it was just a bit of a head-scratcher for me. 
And then Matt Dufty. Letting go of a guy like Matt Dufty, oh, that was the, probably the biggest head-scratcher for me. I was just sitting there going, what? Like, it it was it was just crazy. It was just crazy. The fact that they could have let this guy go, and now he's at the Bulldogs, who probably have one of the best rosters coming into 2022. So, Matt Dufty's not being affected much from this. The Dragons are, though. They're going to be lacking that really good attacking player and some of his individual performances for the Dragons were just sensational so letting a guy like this go and keeping him in reserve grade for a majority of the season was just a head scratcher for me most of the things that the Dragons did in 2021 were head scratchers and we better hope as NRL fans that this does not happen in 2022 that is part two of your season review, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you for choosing Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. Recommend this podcast to a friend, and I'll see you guys in the next one.